0: Well, welcome back to the Worship and Technology Podcast. My name's Christian, and I'm part of the team here at Multitracks.com. As always, it's my hope that this podcast serves as another tool to help you lead worship well, and that something in today's episode inspires you to lead worship with even more confidence.
1: More recently, it seems like uh, we're, we're trying our best to just stay extremely real-time and extremely like right now with uh, songs God's given us.
0: In this episode, we're joined by Chris Brown and Jay Mix from Elevation Worship. They unpack the process of creating Graves into Gardens, their latest album. They talk about some of the changes they made in light of COVID-19. And they give us a unique insight into the way they leverage technology in their worship times. So just before we jump into this fascinating conversation, let me remind you to press subscribe inside your podcast player so that you don't miss out on any future episodes of the Worship and Technology Podcast. But right now, let's jump into this conversation with Chris Brown and J-Mix from Elevation Worship. So Chris, J-Mix, thank you so much for spending time with us on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It's
2: great. Great to be here.
0: So we're chatting just a few days before Graves Into Gardens, your new album, gets released. By the time this podcast is out, the album will be available everywhere. So when people press play on Graves Into Gardens, what can they expect to hear, Chris?
1: (laughs) A little bit of, as Pastor Stephen would say, Joe Perry guitar to open up the album. Some Stone Temple pilots, Sonics in track one, jumping to what I think will... Be a very easy and useful song for the church at large to to lead as a as an opening song, and then you know we jump into some Springsteen esque in track three, and then track four you've got the beautiful vocals of Carrie Job just making us all cry on the blessing, and then you've got R and B and pop in a song titled Never Lost, and then you've got this guy Zeke who's on our team at the very end of the album, towards the end of the album, on what would you do? And we just all need to take singing lessons from him because his, his runs are all over the place. It's it's quite varied, all that to say, but I love that it feels extremely authentic to who we are. Nothing about this, how the songs came about from the writing or production end felt contrived at all. It didn't feel like we were trying to... Uh, to create a certain type of song or a style of song, some of the songs J-Mix can attest, it almost it feels laughable to say we would have put production around it. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, you can't see me, um, but like production as we've known it, like sometimes we'll go into the studio and work for a week on a song, trying to figure out the production, what hook needs to be there, and what sounds need to all be there, and the groove. It can take. Weeks, maybe even months, sometime over the course of coming back to it and back to it, and then some songs like "The Blessing" and "Rattle" just they the band just came around it really quickly, and, and the song was, you know, it was it, it it had in its very nature, I think, in the writing, what it was pretty easy to
0: tell what the production should have been. Incredible! I can't wait to hear the record, jamex Coming to you now, many people will recognize Chris's voice and have seen him as the worship leader of Elevation. Your role is probably less visible and less evident to most people. Can you tell us what it is that you do there at Elevation?
2: So I head up the team of audio engineers at the church when it comes to the recording studio. And so we have a couple guys here that from the songwriting process all the way through to... The editing, the in detail, tracking, all that stuff, we do all that in-house and we we take care of that here. And then for these main platform records, we'll, we'll ship off to Mix to our friend in the UK with you, Sam Gibson. So my main role is, is trying to take these songs that are written on acoustic guitars in our live room and help, help the process along to where they land on a record at some point and hopefully sound good. And then in addition to that, I support the team and the church from a live music standpoint by um, running our Ableton rig. And overseeing the team that makes sure all of our campuses on the weekends are supported from an Ableton and a tracks standpoint. James, I think you're being a bit humble when you
0: say you run an Ableton rig. <laughs> Truth be told... I think you're an absolute wizard when it comes to merging <laughs> so technology and worship. And hopefully we'll talk about that in a moment as we get in later into the conversation. We spoke last week to Carrie and Cody and they told us the story of the blessing and how uh, God just gave that gift in the songwriting room and how you guys came around that idea really quickly. They were telling the story of, I think, the Thursday songwriting session, led it on Sunday and by the following Friday, it's out on YouTube And you've just alluded to something similar happening with Rattle, Chris. Do you want to tell us a little bit of the story of that song?
1: Yeah, I'll start just real quick and tell maybe a part of the Blessings uh, quick journey that they uh, likely didn't touch on. So, um, And this is just to give very due credit to J-Mix and... Jack Nellis, who's um, also another one of our wizards on our team with our engineers. And so yes, wrote the song on Thursday, sang it in church on Sunday. It was clearly like, oh my, oh my word, like what? What is this song? So we were talking already by Sunday afternoon. Like, should we? Should we put this out on YouTube? And I, I think at that point, maybe I lobbed it to to J Mix on Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon. Like, hey, heads up, we. We might throw this up on YouTube. I know we have an album coming up uh, and this song's not on it at that time. But that was what it was. Monday morning, I left to go to, it, to Atlanta for a writing camp with our friends at Mav, uh, Maverick City and was there Mon- Monday, Tuesday, called J Mix and Jack, I'll make this really quick, on Tuesday evening afternoon and said, all right, we just decided that we are in fact going to release this on YouTube on Friday. I know what we captured on Sunday has a great deal of editing to be done. And so, can you guys get to work? I flew back in from Atlanta Wednesday morning, came, went straight from the airport to the studio. And these two dudes, J Mix and Jack, had been at the studio all night wow. tun- tuning vocals, doing all the touch up work that needed to be done uh, to get this thing ready. And then wednesday i sat with jack and um said ah because we actually didn't even know like when we sang it on sunday we weren't really clear like what harmonies even should have gone in it it was that <laughs> loose like it, we had just written it and we didn't think about it so the first time that i was really sitting and thinking and it's so you know beautiful coming around this song in three-part harmonies uh what should they exactly be (laughs) so that was the first time that i was going in ah man i sang this note live um and i'm giving the inside scoop here but like jack can you can you manipulate it and i actually don't want to go to that note just go to the you know a whole step above it no and so we were kind of shaping the song on they you know through the night those two guys tuesday into Wednesday. Wednesday, and then when did we mix it?
2: We sent to Sam, uh, it would have been our evening time on Wednesday night, and then he he was, mic- or maybe it was Thursday morning we sent it, and then he mixed on Thursday, got us a mix one back on Thursday night, and then we Skyped with him on Friday, and then and we're sending to mastering by the weekend.
1: Sheesh. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've always been accustomed to to sprinting when we need to sprint, is Pastor Stevens' um, mo to you know if if God gives him a um, an idea for like like the uh, now season like for n- right now then you know it's just our culture to let's come around this and what does that mean to support it and if that means it's in the worship side or whatever but uh, yeah you're you're right so to to jump to rattle more more recently it seems like uh, we're we're trying our best. To just stay extremely real time and extremely like right now with uh, songs God's given us. So we wrote Rattle during uh, this pandemic, it, uh, during quarantine. So it was primarily written between voice memos and over Zoom. Oh, wow. Brandon Lake, who uh, wrote a couple more of the songs with us on this album, sings Graves in the Gardens. We were writing it with him, myself, and Pastor. Well, it started with a with an idea that Pastor had kind of sat around for a week or so, um, just as quarantine had uh, kicked in here in the states. Then we we came around the idea, wrote on it on f- on a Friday, rewrote it, uh, like chorus and ver- on in verses on uh, Saturday night. Palm Sunday was the next Sunday, and we stayed around after you know, having church to an empty room at our broad la- broadcast location. We just kept the band. And like, honestly, the I mean, it just felt like a giant jam session. Like we were not trying to overthink anything with the song. And we didn't want to overwrite uh, in- to say that from a musical standpoint. It was like Joey Signa, like one of our uh, primary guitar players here, just kind of, eventually started the you know the opening joe perry uh-esque riff and it was one of those things like yes okay let's do that that actually that unlocks a whole new thing and then it was like man the song's about dry bones rattling dom on the drums you you have to do rim knocks like you have to create the sound you have to like this whole thing what what this song is lyrically and how the band responds to that lyric is is extremely integrated it's all one thing so like the band is creating the the actual sound and so it kind of just came like that and man like we left sun that that rehearsal just jam session on sunday palm sunday a one week before easter and going we fell in love we felt like we had turned yeah 100% <laughs> and jmx you know like when starting with pastor steven but man when we fall we fall hard for a song and this one became all consuming monday tuesday was tweaking of the lyrics this is a few days before easter and by tuesday you know afternoon pastor steven was like this song is my Easter message. Like this song is the sermon for Easter and my sermon for Easter is this song. The two are like, he didn't know and it wasn't able to articulate exactly how it was going to pan out on Easter Sunday. All he knew was like, this is it. Like Rattle is Resurrection Sunday's song. So we, we hopped in on Wednesday with the band again in an empty auditorium told everybody to just everybody being like a few people behind cameras um I asked hey can y'all can y'all be here turn the cameras on and we're just going to practice this song basically uh and I don't know what will happen there was no like premeditation of this song's going on the album all it, all it was was let's just press record <laughs> <laughs> press record on both camera and audio and see what happens. (laughs)
0: happens. And And is that the video that we see now on YouTube? And
1: that's, yeah, it was, it was captured. We put that rehearsal
0: on, on YouTube um, from that, that Wednesday afternoon. I remember pressing play on that video, watching it on YouTube. And when it finished, my first reaction was, wow, now I need to lie down. <laughs> I just need to come <laughs> and recover for a moment. <laughs> my second one was to message someone at uh, Multitracks, go, have you seen this? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I think I put in my message, any song that has an exclamation mark at the end of the title is guaranteed yeah. going to be amazing anyway. <laughs> um, but I really loved the video. I love the fact that you guys shot it in your auditorium, that it was empty, that it wasn't this big overproduced music video for it, and it felt really contextualized to the season that we're in now. And I know you said you wrote it during quarantine. What was the behind-the-scenes conversation that impacted the way that you filmed that and the intentionality, if there was one, to, to giving the video that vibe?
1: Yeah, there definitely definitely was intentionality. It was um, it was pretty much just what you described. It was like Pastor said uh, on that Tuesday. I was we were talking about it. And had decided, yeah, let's get the band together. Let's um, let's go rehearse at Valentine, which is our broadcast location. And the conversation was, let's let's just show the empty room. Let's if this song was written during quarantine, which it was, and who knows what will happen with this recording. Again, no idea of you know if it might just live for us. Um, but if something, if we want to do something with it less capture visually that man like we're doing this six feet apart from one another on stage and there's an empty auditorium and it kind of looks i mean it's a bit more maybe a bit more crowded by a, a couple people than um how sunday mornings have been you know when we're going live for for worship and for preaching but um yeah, it was actually very intentional that we we wanted this song and this video
2: to show like the, the the empty empty room. And even I would add to that like obviously we've we've ended up putting it on the album um and it's a lot it's really funny because it's it's a live album and so every other song on the album has what 3000 people screaming at the end of each song and all this stuff. Um but rattle obviously doesn't have that but like i remember talking with chris talking with pastor steven and it just being like you know what like that's the story of this song that's what it is let's not try and make it something it's not but let's put it on the album and let it be what it is let it be kind of a more rehearsal style track without that crowd it might not fit in but it fits in because of the story behind the song Here at Multitracks.com, we truly believe that the
0: worship leader is at their best when they are fully comfortable. And that introducing any new technology should never be at the expense of your confidence. It's for that reason that the number one feature in our flagship app, Playback, has always been and will always be stability. Playback is our iOS app that removes all of the complexities of running tracks. With Playback, you can rent any of the 13,000 songs right there from your iOS device, transpose them to any of the 12 keys, edit your arrangement and decide on the instrument mix all intuitively there on the device. And having been designed with the worship leader in mind, Playback allows you to dynamically rearrange the order of any song, both pre-service and in the moment of leading worship. And if you decide to repeat a section or jump to a different section of a song, All of the cues, including the guide track, the MIDI cues for lyrics and lighting, will go ahead of you to make sure that your worship is always seamless and without distraction. Every week, we offer a free play of the week so that you can check out the power of playback for yourself. And this week, it's my testimony by Elevation Worship, the song that Chris was alluding to when he said that second song that's ideal for worship leaders to lead as an upbeat number. Head to multitracks.com today, and check out our free play of the week and our ios app playback jmix earlier on i described you as an ableton wizard and i really admire the way that you utilize technology to support the worship leading at elevation could you give us a really high level view on how you're doing that
2: Yeah, absolutely. The most zoomed out way I can think to say it is is I'm essentially just trying to make Ableton another instrument in the band, not just from a while we're in structured parts of the songs, but also in in the way that a piano player is flowing with a worship leader and going in and out of where the worship leader is taking us or where Pastor Stephen at church is taking us. I'm just trying to make Ableton follow along with all of that so that um, we're not at any point feeling like we're too stuck onto any train tracks. I've basically just built a, a rig at church that I then duplicated into a mobile rig that basically allows me to do that. The closest thing that I can think to it is is kind of like a DJ with a couple different Ableton rigs all built into one kind of big machine that I can jump in and out of stuff and hopefully just just be in the moment and flow along with worship and have it not be something that's keeping us from going in where we want to go, but is also bringing a a level of production value that just enhances the experience as a whole. Amazing. So where are you in relation to the band, typically when
0: they're they're leading worship?
2: I'm always side stage, always within view of the person I need to be following. Um, So at church, that is most of the time, our MD LJ, our piano player, so I can look to my left and I see him on stage there. I've also got camera feeds of the front of stage for Pastor Steven and for, for worship leaders, a lot of times Chris. But then on the road, um, I'm usually setting up right next to the monitor console. Um, me and the monitor tech do a lot of the stage work and a lot of the just the audio kind of getting your hands dirty work on, the, on tour. And then I'll just set up my rig and run tracks for, for the evening when we're doing shows. Really love your approach, running
0: tracks as if you're a musician playing any other instrument in the band. So tell me, what's in your monitor mix? What are you hearing as you're running tracks?
2: In any setup, we're, we've always got um, hopefully a pretty decent crowd mic setup, AR audience response uh, microphones that that I usually keep in my in my mix pretty heavy. The the three loudest things in my mix are what's coming from Ableton, the talkback mix, and then the crowd and then after that I'm trying to just put a nice band mix underneath all that because those are the things I want to be responding to Um, a lot of times the crowd will start singing after a song we'll get done with a song like maybe here's in heaven or something and they'll just keep singing and we want to go with them but it's important that I can find the tempo the crowd's at it's important that I can make sure the band isn't isn't being confused by hearing two different tempos from the crowd and from Ableton and all that stuff so I need to be able to hear them well
1: I'll say this too you know I 100% consider everyone in the band every single player a worship leader right like you have to and then i would say zoomed in even more um your md whoever that may be i feel like is so so critically needing to uh view him or herself as a worship leader yeah and staying so attuned to like moments and the room and being just right in stride. S- yes, following the the worship leader who's on the mic, but then sometimes LJ, our MD here, our music director here, I've told him it would be better if you could push me and lead me in certain ways, meaning like feed me a new melody on your keys for a song that may pop into your head oh, wow! in a flow moment. So if we are at the end of you know here is in heaven and things just aren't ready to move on i've told him like yeah i will follow my lead and i may go into another song but i'm also wanting you to like if if something the spirit like leads you in a certain way give me that melody because then i got the liberty i'm on the mic so i can either take it or leave it like i can go with it and so there's a Big level, a great level of trust, I think, that you have to develop between yeah. the person on the mic and the. But I would say um, the exact same thing for J Mix. By the way, his name's Jonathan Mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his last name actually is Mix. So it's not some <laughs> silly, <laughs> silly uh, nickname we've given him Thank because he's a that. mix engineer.
2: And Thank you for that.
1: Um, it's true given. Uh, American name is Mix. <laughs> I would say I 100% uh, consider J. Mix a a worship leader, yeah. and so when he said he's got the crowd mics in his ears, that's that's critical. But mm-hmm. for everything he just mentioned, but he does. He keeps that posture. He stays in that posture. There's I could dig up photos of him side stage. No one's able to see him from a crowd standpoint but he's one hand on the ableton rig one hand in the air worshiping god during you know whatever song and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to have somebody yeah. like committed
0: to to what we're doing together you know i, I like it. that that really is so special what an amazing approach jamex let me ask you this there might be some people that are listening to you talk about technology and when they think about implementing ableton or click tracks or playback into their setup The hesitation is that technology is going to keep them bound to the arrangement, that they can't flow, they can't be spontaneous, they can't follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit as they lead worship. How are you guys ensuring the technology you utilize doesn't restrict the way that you lead worship there?
2: My first priority and my entire rig is built around the ability to to follow what's happening in the room. We, for lots of different circumstances at church, a lot of times we do have a set set list. We have a set idea of how things are going to go. There's usually a handful of transitions that are locked right into place in Ableton. And and that's that's all really good. And that all really serves um, what we're trying to do in those moments. Um, But the key is, is that we've made sure that that serves what we're trying to do in those moments. (laughs) Um, And then I've got faders on everything when it comes to my outputs going out to the front of house console. And so at any point, if I need to pull, pull loops down, if I need to pull loops out, if I need to retap out a tempo, if I need to pull out another song, that's all stuff that I've just forced myself into making possible. Um, because that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to be able to be responsive to what's happening in the moment, to what, to where pastor Steven is leading us, um, things like that. And so it's, it's like everything to me. Um, and that like, I think it was three years ago, three and a half years ago, I came on staff and in, in my, my original role was just Ableton. And and it was just like, we were in that mindset of, okay, we're either going to turn, click off, stop everything and we'll flow, or we're going to have, click on, have loops in, and we'll be on these train tracks. You know what I mean? And that yeah. was kind of like, it was the one or the other. We, we had a, some really... Low-key tap tempo capabilities um, that we would try to utilize some, but it was a little bit clunky. But that was like my number one thing was like, I just don't want I don't want Chris to have to think we have loops in and so he can't lead this moment the way he wants to. I don't want Pastor Steven to think, well, the band's in the middle of the outro, so I can't call them to the bridge because they need to crash out. Ableton needs to finish, and now we can go to the bridge again. It was like, no, if, if faster calls for the bridge, we're going to the bridge. And, and I'm certainly not going to let Ableton stop that from happening. So everything I've built and everything I've got designed in that system is all to serve that. And when you make that the goal, as opposed to just making a high production value the goal, um, it really inspires you to like to find the ways to do that. At least it did for me. So Amazing. Sounds like a worship
0: leader's dream gift, aren't you? Just that side of stage. <laughs> it
1: really is. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it really is.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> so so what are you guys doing differently now with your technology in light of COVID nineteen and the way that you're streaming in this season?
2: I mean, obviously we have we have twenty twenty physical locations. Maybe twenty one twenty physical locations and then the online campus. And so really only only one of those campuses is meeting, and that's not even with people in the room. That's literally just a eight eight or nine person worship band and then yeah. a very small camera crew. And so that's what people are watching online. I'm doing my job as per usual um, when it comes to that. I'm running the rig. I'm flowing with Pastor Steven. I'm flowing with the worship team. I'm working with the session that we've got built to make it a, a great experience for the people watching online. And in the ways we've been utilizing Ableton, because there's no one in the room, that that's definitely changed in that we're using a lot more time code and, and audio from Ableton to like sync up transitions between things and and sync up transitions between video elements and then also worship that sort of thing. We're trying to help and support our worship leaders from our other campuses who are doing a lot of Facebook streams, doing a lot of Instagram streams, things like that. Um obviously we're honestly taking a lot of inspiration from from you and you guys with what you guys have put out as far as resources for for helping people lead worship online in a, in a simple way with what you have in your in your closet. You know what I mean? Things like that. And so we're, we're digging into the Multitracks platform when it comes to playback that can help resource our worship leaders for those quick online streams they're doing to help support their local campuses. So, so good. Love it. Guys, thank you so much for your generosity and your time
0: today. So much insight, so much wisdom. Really, really appreciate it. Here's my final question to you. What would be your parting encouragement to worship leaders, creatives, and people that run technology as they navigate through this season? Um,
1: I'll I'll start, and I'd I'd love to hear J-Mix as well. I would. Well, I'll, I'll say something that might sound self-serving, but um, I'll start by saying, listen to Pastor Stephen's sermons right now uh, from every Sunday, and the reason I would say that is because I do feel like he is staying extremely tapped into the present he's extremely focused on uh day to day and not give a broad word just you know what i mean like not trying to be vague with what he's preaching on and not thinking about a sermon or where we may be two weeks from now or even a week from now but literally just day to day and i think it's it's hitting in a different way but i would man Worship leaders, I I don't know. I mean, what an interesting time. I think like committing to take something from this time is so important, like committing personally uh, in our families, in in our positions in ministry to come out better, come out stronger. I think we've got to be willing to release uh, both control and expectations of how things used to operate. Um, not hold a tight grip to the way things were, or have old mindsets, old and and stick with even old habits. The world may be completely different six months from now, like truly. And I think what I would say from a ministry standpoint, and in a and a methodology um, standpoint to ministry, how we minister to people, it may continue to look different, but so what what's my role and let me let me find god in this and find the the passion behind changing the way we've always done it and changing maybe how i thought it should continue to look and and get on with what the spirit you know is is doing in this in this new season
2: yeah and and i guess mine sort of tags along with that and also something chris sort of mentioned earlier i guess through this whole album season but then also through this through this quarantine season, for me, I've just kind of been we're learning a lot about what what's important and what's not. And when it comes to ministry, like one of the things that has just stuck with me so hard in this album, in the way our church has responded to um, what's going on in the world right now, is that like authenticity is everything, and that not trying to create something or be something that you're not. What I love about this album. And what I love about the way we've ministered to uh, online or online campuses is, is like, we're really just just trying to be what what God's called us to be. We're really just trying to be um, us. And um, mm-hmm. now leading into this quarantine season, it's like watching Pastor Stephen preach and the level of, of authenticity he's bringing from the stage. And then even from our online teams and the way we're broadcasting, it's just like, just embracing who we are. And I think that that's an advice... A piece of advice I'd give to other ministries: It's like don't try to create something that you think you need to be. Really listen to what God's calling you to be, and to the needs of the people you're trying to minister to, and, and be that, and be yourself in that. And even from a technology standpoint, produce in the way that's you, in a way that represents what your church is, what your ministry is, not in the way that um, someone else is doing it, uh, yeah. because people see through that. And more than ever, right now, people are are seeing through that. You know what I mean? And so. Um, that stuck with me a lot in this season, for sure. Well, once again, a huge thank you
0: to J. Mix and Chris Brown from Elevation Worship for spending some time with us and sharing all of their insight and wisdom. Let me encourage you to go and check out the new album wherever you listen to music. And of course, you can find all the resources you need to lead those songs with confidence at multitracks.com. Until next time, my name's Christian. Take care and God bless.